Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting to my left is the King, and we're here to talk about the NFL. And how are you diddly doing, King? I'm good. I'm good. I'm slowly but surely getting over my cold, so that's exciting. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I'm glad we're finally getting through this uh, weekly health watch. This is. And uh, yeah, and I celebrated my birthday yesterday, so... You I'm did? Trey excited, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's better. Yeah. So, welcome everyone to the week three recap show. Um, 16 games. We're going to hopefully hit them all. We're certainly you know, going to try, yeah. <laughs> me and Punk tried not to hit all 16 when uh, we had a go at it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to go through 16 games and then look at the Kings picks for next week and try and have a bit of redemption because this week we're crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was mental. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have picked... I know I had a few clangers. Oh, a few, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the games that seemed like sure things weren't, so uh, yeah, thanks. There's no such thing as a sure thing anymore, is no. there? No, there isn't. Thanks, Steelers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the main one. Really? All right. I enjoyed, yeah. Let's have a... <laughs> oh, well. Let's have a look, King, at Thursday Night Football, Let's. which we thought was going to be really boring. Shouldn't have, really, in hindsight. No. Uh, because bad teams tend mm-hmm. to make good games. And the LA Rams had a shootout against the San Francisco 49ers. This win didn't come easy as the Rams nearly blew a 15-point lead, giving up two late touchdowns, fumbling a kickoff return and failing to recover an onside kick. But Los Angeles managed to stop a potential game-tying two-point conversion and then used an offensive pass interference penalty against Trent Taylor and a fourth down sack by Aaron Donald to stop the Niners. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Niners scored five touchdowns after failing to get any first uh, in, the t- in the first two weeks, but still come up short in part due to a missed extra point by Robbie Gould, then forced them to try a two-pointer on their late touchdown. That really was a, a kick in the teeth, that one. Cause. It was, and it was the first quarter pick six that Hoyer threw, which was just yeah. horrific. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, it, it sort of snowballed from there, and they got dominated for three quarters, and as you said, late comeback, but it's just sloppy play by Hoyer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. at the start of the game, which which put them on the back foot, a um, couple of great games for Gurley and, and Watkins, which was good to see. Did you know now that the Rams have scored 107 points through these three games? That is the fire. that is the second most in their franchise history, trailing only the 119 by the greatest show on turf in 2000. Yeah, which have two, well, one a Hall of Fame quarterback and two potential Hall of Fame wide receivers. So yeah, it's pretty impressive to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, they've done immensely well. Um, and Goff actually looks like a, an NFL quarterback. Not a good one, but he looks like an NFL quarterback at least. Was it three, <laughs> three touchdowns? This week he looked great, to be fair. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm not I'm being a bit harsh on the guy, but yeah, 200 and, well, nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. He'll take that most weeks. Against the Niners' defence, yeah. which is still struggling. It is struggling. It is struggling. They're very but then anti. they play the Seahawks and they play them tight. So, does that say... I don't know what that says more about the 49ers' defence or the Seahawks' offence, really. I think the Seahawks' off- offence is floundering, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, we'll get onto that later, but... But the... Uh, I think... Yeah, I don't really know. The Niners are just... They're just a young team. They're in a rebuilding situation. Um, you know, changing head coach, who's an offensive mind, so he's going to put most of his focus there initially. Yeah. Um, I know they, they drafted defence early doors, but... They, uh, you know, the focus from from Shanahan's going to be on the offense, and um, yeah, it's, they're basically the same team as the Rams are, except the Rams are two years ahead of them. 
where they've gone and they've taken a guy, they've taken had high draft picks that have or made trades for high draft picks and Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and um, yeah, they've just had a little, that little bit more experience for them to be close to the Rams. That's probably where they should benchmark themselves against right now. Try and exceed them and then push on from there. Mm. But no, it's a really entertaining game. Very entertaining. Gurley looks like his old self because he had a bit of a dip last year. So that's nice to see him back because he's, uh, you know, showed that he was one of the more elite rushers in his in his rookie season, regressed somewhat and, and uh, yeah, looks like that regression isn't sort of a long-term thing, which is not nice permanent, to see. yeah. No, and Watkins, when he's thrown the ball and he's healthy, he's a really good receiver. Just not very healthy. So, yeah, he's not. But six catches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns for him. So, uh, yeah, it was good all round for the, for the Rams. Obviously, I know they let 39 points in, but 19 of those were in the fourth quarter, so... Oh, I better strike up the sirens. It's Felony Watch. Oh, no. Okay. Felony Watch. Rams defensive lineman Ethan Westbrooks was arrested Friday on several felony counts after being found in possession of a stolen handgun following a police stop for speeding. The 26-year-old was released from Kern County Jail in Bakersfield after posting a $55,000 bond. Westbrook's in his fourth year with the team and has played all three games so far this year covering for Aaron Donald's contract holdout. So you get a win. Driving back. Speeding. Stone handgun. County jail. Yeah. The the speeding thing, you know, people speed, you shouldn't get caught. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the handgun thing's strange. I kind yeah. of understand why... That you know potentially feel like you need to protect yourself if you're if you're a rich guy. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's more to get stolen there, so I kind of understand it from that perspective. But I don't know that I, I actually have no idea what the laws are in in Los Angeles with regards to weapons and stuff. But you think you're just well, not a stolen handgun. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thing. saying. You can, I'm, you I'm can saying, wear a handgun yeah, as a hat. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm saying you should just get a legitimate one. Yeah. Don't. Why does he need a stolen If you can pay a £55,000 bond on yeah. the same day, you yeah. can buy a handgun, right? Yeah, you're, you're playing in the NFL. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, we, we're, we've got a very warped perspective because we don't have hardly any firearms here. So that's, oh. that's we're not used to that. But Oh, you don't? Oh, I, okay. I don't. Oh, fair I enough. I don't. Or do to I? To each their own. People that come and rob <laughs> me. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. Um, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> but yeah, silly. Silly, straight after, uh, after a big win for them. Hmm. Quite funny. Though. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little mini uh, felony watch there. Do you think to... they're releasing? No. Who cares? All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Nice segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to Westbrook's and his conscience. Uh, so it's got a Sunday morning then, King, and that was the Wembley game. It was the first one of four, mm-hmm. and the Baltimore Ravens played the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did. Now, some people, including Brian Billick and yourself were predicting a potential shutout for the Ravens yes I was indeed you were close to a shutout I was very close <laughs> I was very close Ryan Mallet saved me oh, yes Blake Bortles threw four touchdown passes three to tight end Mercedes Lewis thought he was dead and the Jags routed the Ravens 44-7 on Sunday in their fifth game in London the Jags handed the Ravens their worst defeat since the 9th of November 1997 when they lost 37-0 to Pittsburgh uh, only a six-yard pass really? from Ryan Mallett. You had to check that <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Only a six-yard pass from Ryan Mallett, who entered the be- for the bench for Joe Flacco in the fourth quarter to Benjamin Watson, with three twenty-four remaining, prevented that shutout. Flacco, who finished eight for eighteen for twenty-eight yards, was intercepted twice, 
Leonard Fournette became the first Jags player to rush for a touchdown in each of his first three games. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Fournette it's looks not bad. Fournette looks good. Um, Despite both, your uh, concerns. Yeah, the two interceptions. He's catching the ball as well more than I thought. Does. Um, the two interceptions were brilliant, actually. Brilliantly bad from Flacco, but... I, I don't really care about that. It's, oh, right. But both were great catches. They were. Boys was fantastic, and Ramsey was soaring through the air to grab mm-hmm. that. So that was... Uh, that was very impressive from their two corners. Yep. Um, and a boy's been targeted a bit, actually. It's quite interesting that... So we all know how special Ramsey was last year and how well he played coming out of the draft. We, a lot of people had him touted as the best player in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, I think, one of the top... Certainly top 10, but maybe top five corners last year uh, on a bad Jags team. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that teams are now targeting a boy because they can see that <laughs> he was the best uh, cornerback for the Texans. He was the best cornerback <laughs> on the Texans, and and he's not as good as, or they teams don't think he's as good as Ramsey. So it's quite that's quite interesting to see. And Ramsey's mm. on a rookie contract. Um, yeah, Fournette's special. Um, he's just so big. He's so big, and he seems to have a nose for you know he's um, he's not he's not just a big body who who doesn't necessarily read or is, isn't necessarily patient with his running he seems to be a bit more aggressive and, and decisive and, and finds gaps which is good to see um, and, and probably very exciting for the Jags organisation um, Bortles I liked what they did with Bortles this week besides a couple of throws to Mercedes Lewis one was like a post route over the top for I think it was the second or third touchdown yeah skinny post yeah yeah but the the rest of the game essentially was a, a game of check down or check down mm-hmm. and I liked that they didn't That's put what you got to do. Yeah, they didn't put him in positions to turn the ball over. Mm. Um, and lo and behold, he gets 244 yards, which isn't amazing in this this day's NFL. But four touchdowns. That is amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Zero zero picks. Mm. Twenty of thirty one, which is not a ball stat line. He's <laughs> normally not very accurate, and normally would have a couple of interceptions in there. Frankly, so maybe they found what they need to do and, and put more onus on the run game and, and more onus on the. The quick throws, the screen screen plays. You know they've got Fournette now. They've got Ivory as well, who who made a couple of plays for them as well. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. I think they just changed the philosophy and, and not put him in situations where he can balls it up. Basically, I mean Lewis really has come out of nowhere again. He had one good season about five six years ago. Oh, he had a few. Good then years. went quiet and he had a few good years. He wasn't. That yeah, bad. but if I asked you to name a Jags tight end last year, they said Julius Thomas. I would have said Julius Thomas. Yeah, no one would have said Mercedes Lewis first. No, no, I would have said uh, I would have said Thomas. Uh, yeah, he's um, he's frustrating because he had all the talent in the world, and uh, and he didn't kick on. Whereas you look at someone like Delaney Walker, who'd been he's been around forever as well. Just mm-hmm. seems the last two three years has been in the conversation as one of the best in the league. So it's um, it's the work ethic, isn't it? Absolutely, I think it is. Yeah, and consistency. So it's good to see that he's he got some touchdowns. Great for the British fans to watch a yeah high scoring game for one, but two, there's a lot more support for the Jags this year. Um, you know, they start the fans are starting to see the development, and also they're picking up fans because they've been there so long. Yeah, five years in a row. Yeah, so no it's, um, stop him. The atmosphere was was good, and uh, there are a lot of Ravens fans exciting. in the UK. Um, there are. So there was a good showing for them. Yeah, obviously not by the fourth quarter, but. Uh, there were a lot of purple in the in the ground. Yeah, there was. I think that sort of coincides with. It's similar with the Bucks. There's quite a big Bucks following in the UK. It's sort of early 2000s. It was the Ravens won in 2000, mm-hmm. um, and that was when it started to be on TV a bit more here. So I think teams picked the the teams that were good at the time. So yeah, Ravens, Bucks. 
I get you. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on then to Orchard Park, shall we? Let's. And the Bills bounce back from their 0 and 3 loss to, uh, sorry, 9 3 loss to Carolina mm-hmm. uh, by leaning on Tyra Taylor's efficient passing attack and an opportunistic defense in a 26 to 16 win over the previously unbeaten Denver Broncos on Sunday. Taylor completed 20 of 26 for th- 213 yards and two touchdowns. And the defense closed the victory by forcing the Broncos to turn over the ball on each of their final four possessions with two interceptions and two fourth down stops. The two interceptions were rookie mistake plays by Trevor Simeon. The first you can't attempt- call them rookie mistakes. He's not a rookie. I'm saying the way they were thrown was oh, rookie-ish. Stupid. Oh, he's not a rookie. The first attempting a throw into traffic under pressure and the second failing to throw the ball out of bounds whilst trying to avoid a sack. Yeah, that was terrible. That was uh, Tredavious White, wasn't it? His first interception. Was, yeah. I say ever uh, in the NFL. Talk uh, to him about this game, King. What happened to the Broncos? Firstly, Von Miller's still a beast. Let's just start with the positives <laughs> for the Broncos. Right. And then that was the only positive. So, oh, right, yes, yeah, so we finished the positives. Yeah, now. we can move on now. <laughs> yep. Um, do you know what? The Bills have been quite, quite, quietly gone about having a really good start to the season. Um, yeah, two and one. Yeah, two and one, but they should. They were ominously close. If they'd have hit Zay Jones right at the end of the game last week, mm-hmm. they'd be 3 and 0. And just, frankly, deserved to beat the Carolina Panthers last week. Yeah. So, uh, some real positive signs. They've cleared house. And they've still got Tyrod Taylor, which the organisation aren't completely sold on. And they've they've made some trades. They've I picked like up Tyra some. Taylor. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind him. Yeah. He's a serviceable quarterback. He is he can, a serviceable He can do things while you build the team up. He is, but. You know, you look at teams that invest in quarterbacks when you've got someone else there available. You know, if you had an aging, if you said you had two years and potentially a Super Bowl run with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. or, but you need to pass on Andrew Luck, would you have done it? No, exactly. So this is a situation <laughs> I think the Bills are in. Well, you know, Peyton Manning. No, I'm saying that he's a serviceable quarterback, and there's a really good quarterback class, and okay. the Bills have gained Ooh. a ton of currency this year to trade up. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the situation they're in. And the fact that they're over, they're outperforming their expectations is, is fantastic. It shows there's been a culture change um, since Ryan's exit and, and changes in coaches, personnel. They've got someone in McCoy who, who got kicked out, essentially, of the Eagles for not buying into the regime, who's saying all the right things on and off the field and, uh, and playing good football. And uh, even losing their star wide receiver in Watkins, they're still... They picked up Zay Jones, who I who I rated highly coming out of the draft. He didn't mm-hmm. do much this week, but they're still acquiring talent, which is good to see. Um, yeah, it's just a much more balanced team. Defensively, they've still got the likes of Williams, Hughes up front, Darius as well. But it's... So that's, you know, real positives. I think actually they're probably going to give the Patriots the biggest test within that division. Um, and it's a shame they're not 3-0 because that would put a lot more pressure on the Patriots yes um, Simeon it's an interesting one for the, the Broncos because you're going to start now if he keeps having performances like well if he has one more performance like this to get whispers of, of Lynch to come in <laughs> potentially Osweiler to come in yeah um, that's weird because last week he had a career game didn't he he did but the problem is he's on a real short leash with a first round pick sat behind him and a guy who as I said when they got him back is a player that the the fan base knows can win or has won games for them previously so he's um, you know both of those quarterbacks frankly are breathing down his neck so he needs to 
he needs to step up. I'll, I'll make a comparison because I know we're going to talk about him later. The likes of Case Keenum, who knows he's under pressure, knows he might not be able to play. Yeah. And he was playing like Brett Favre this week. So that's, <laughs> nothing to lose. That's the yeah. But Simeon needs to f- with play with a similar sort of reckless abandon. Well, he threw two interceptions. Yeah, that was just reckless. <laughs> that was, there was reckless. No abandon. <laughs> he he needs abandoned to abandon the win. The <laughs> But, you know, and they've got talent. The likes of Thomas and Sanders both had over 75 yards, just no touchdowns because of Simeon's play. Charles looked good, actually. He he looked like he, uh, he'd he got some of the, his quickness back. C.D. Anderson's been fantastic this year, then, and their defence is still pretty solid. Do um, we need to talk about that stupid uh, call when Von Miller snatched a hand away from picking up Tyrod Taylor off the ground and they called it for taunting or some yeah, what, stupid... Yeah, what was yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, since when is it ever, you know, in the rules that you have to pick up an opponent from the ground? It's not in the rules. No. So to do it and then jokingly move your hand away and they both laugh about it, I yeah. don't see the problem. No. No, I don't. It's, it's, I think it's... Am I missing something? I don't <laughs> know. I, no, I, I agree. I don't think it should have been. It, it would have been quite funny. They threw the flag so quickly that Von Miller would have picked him up anyway. Yeah. You know, they, they laughed. But I think he ultimately would have picked him up and it was just... You throw the flag so quick, you need to let these things play out and they need to let there be rapport between teams. They get so funny about it when there's fights or pushing, shoving, all this sort of stuff and you're going to breed animosity if you don't let pl- opposing players have a bit of a j- laugh and a joke with each other yeah. when there's an opportunity. So, no, it's, it's a good point actually. I should have bought that. But it's... Um, I don't know. I think they've made strides this year so I don't. I don't want to pick up the NFL and go oh <laughs> okay they tried yeah. they tried they bought about celebrations and stuff which I know the players like I don't really care frankly but it's I like them they've tried I think it's to. nice to have, have the celebrations back to an extent yeah yeah so I'm glad they've done that back and it's just uh, a case of well schoolyard schoolyard banter they need clearly need to uh, <laughs> need to uh, think about let's move on to Lucas Oil Stadium then shall we mm-hmm. where Jacoby Brissett ran for two touchdowns three for another and the Colts' defense hold off Cleveland's late charge Sunday to preserve a 31-28 to victory. It was a great first three quarters for the no longer winless Colts as they actually looked like a cohesive unit on Sunday. Brissett has made T.Y. Hilton fantasy relevant again. A solid completion on an out route, Hilton turned it inside and took it 61 yards for his first NFL career passing touchdown. And Cleveland again don't look quite as inept as last year. And the stats for Kaiser's three interceptions really don't do his performance justice, as far as I'm concerned. No. Because I think they looked all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're the charges of last year where they keep getting really Ooh. close and not getting over the line. <laughs> or the charges of this year. Or the charges of this year are just <laughs> poor. Um, yeah, it's it was a good game. Another good game. Some high-scoring games. It's just, yeah, it was a bit of a toss-up, really, that one. Um, Brissette looked great. It makes me wonder why, yes. how far behind was he from, on a, from a playbook standpoint. I know he joined there late. This isn't a judgment on him at mm-hmm. all. But he, you must, you've got to think he was behind and didn't understand, or they didn't think he had enough comprehension of the playbook to start week one. Because why were they playing Tolzien when you see the way Brissett's Well, he's still unpacking his bag for week one. Yeah, well, week two even. It's, you know... Well, it is starting week two. Sorry, yeah, it? it was week one I was talking about. You've week one, they had... <laughs> sorry, yes, you it's my fault. Me. But anyway, <laughs> it's... Yeah, I'm shocked that they didn't start him, though, and just say, look, throw a couple of slants... And just play. Yeah. 
because he had a couple of runs that were f- absolutely fantastic. One with a spin move where he just mm-hmm. sold the, the defensive <laughs> line of dummy and came back. Brilliant. Look, absolutely brilliant. Um, but this is what I said, said before, King. They do this all the time, don't they? They're, there's um, some sort of misplaced loyalty for some backup quarterbacks that have just been there forever. Mm-hmm. And you see them, they get put in, even though you know they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Scott Tosin was a classic example where we knew before the game he was going to get old. Yeah. And he did, but the, the coaches felt like they've got to put him in because he's been there for years, knows the playbooks, been sat in all the, the film rooms, you know. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, no. I don't get it. The other thing as well, I know Mallet didn't work out and, and Hoyer, frankly, was never a, an option. Um, but where, why do the Patriots keep finding these... They don't need one. <laughs> but why are they the team like you look at the yeah, Browns how is it them that always picks up a quarterback and it just works yeah do you know what I mean it's it's so it's hilarious really that all these guys are missing the, the Browns have needed a quarterback for the last 10 years well like we said the you Patriots know Joe have, Thomas has been covering 20 yeah and you look and it's Garoppolo and Brissett both look like NFL starters yeah like, how is everyone missing on these quarterbacks <laughs> except <laughs> the Patriots who don't need one so I'm the Browns. I'm I'm looking at that, going Jesus. Um, we need to reassess our our scouting team. And how much does Jacoby Brissett look like Sergeant Apone from Aliens? He does. He just needs a cigar, doesn't he? he and does, that'd be yeah. it. He's like slightly skinnier Byron Leftwich. <laughs> um, Everyone's slightly skinnier than Byron Leftwich. Yeah, I'm not sold on Kaiser. Okay. Because. Because I'm not sold on Kaiser. All right, that's fair enough. I think he's erratic. He's playing um, for the Browns. He is playing for the Browns, but I think he's erratic, and I thought he was erratic last year at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Um, but I, I still think there's those. I know he's a rookie. I know that, but and he's trying to force it and he's trying to win games for his team. But I just think I don't think he's the answer long term. So that to me is a bit worrying, uh, and there's a lot of teams going for quarterbacks next year. Uh, and you look at the likes of, of Wentz, Prescott, all these guys they've passed up on the last couple of years, even Deshaun Watson, who's looks good for the or looks looks good for the Texans at the moment as well. All these guys they're passing up that are, are coming back and, and yeah. having good games. It's um it's a bit worrying for me with the Browns organisation. However, that being said, Johnson has come out of nowhere. Yeah. Well he's been okay for the last couple of years, but he's now a, a genuine two way threat. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's good to see for that from their perspective. He's the running back who had eighty-one yards receiving, I think, this week. Yeah, something's clicked for him this year. Mm. He was talked up a lot the last couple of seasons, but this one he's finally seemed to break out. Yeah, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it was just it was the T.Y. Hilton show, wasn't it? Over one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown. Um, it seemed like every time Brissett threw it, he was throwing it at Hilton, and they could do absolutely nothing about it on the outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, congratulations to Brissett on his first touchdown, and, and yeah, entertaining game. Um, it was, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't a boring game at No, all. no, so, yeah, that's about all I can say about that one. Okay, so let's move on to the next game then, King, uh, and let's go to Minnesota, Okay, where Case Keenum, we were talking about earlier, passed for three touchdowns and a career-high 369 yards without a turnover in relief of Sam Bradford, steering the Vikings to a 34-17 to victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Stefan Diggs mm. had 173 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook 
produced 169 total yards plus his first NFL touchdown to comfortably see their way past an NFC up-and-coming team. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. On the other side, there were three bad interceptions this week for Jameis Winston. Yeah, one of them looked like a busted route, though, by Jackson. Yeah. I have no idea who he was throwing that to. But this Vikings defense seemed to be goading him into making the mistake. Yeah, he did. He did. And he didn't look off the receivers. He was just staring down Mike Evans for that one towards the end of the Mm -hmm. game. Um, But what a game for Case Keenum. Yeah. What a game for Case Keenum. He was absolutely slinging it. And I like it when teams bring in a backup quarterback who... I still think Bradford's the the first choice option. I don't maybe not next week. I think Keenan will start now based on his performance, but I think he's the better quarterback, Sam Bradford. But I like that the Vikings have given him the opportunity and gone. We we're not going to put you in and and make you dink and dunk. We trust you to throw the ball down the field, and that's what our personnel would suggest. Yeah. So um, yeah, he was epic. He was absolutely epic. Um. As you've mentioned, Diggs was fantastic. 173 yards, two touchdowns. They could not stop that guy. No. Um, at all. And Thielen had nearly 100 yards receiving as well. So uh, it was just a very, very prolific Vikings offensive attack. Hooked on Thielen. Yeah. And uh, and they got pressure up front as well. Got mm. pressure on Winston. Uh, and that caused him to be a little bit flustered. Like I said, the busted, uh, busted route by Jackson was one of the turnovers. But the other two were legitimate bit of pressure and also the the defence goading him into making these plays so uh, it's a, yeah. bit of a bit of a disappointing game I think for the Buccaneers very very mm. did you see though that they think that Teddy Bridgewater might be cleared to practice in three weeks I didn't see that Ooh. yeah so it'll be a three way fight for the uh, if Keenan keeps job. playing like this they're not going to drop him I don't think if Keenan keeps playing like this if indeed yeah yeah uh, I mean, the Vikings O line looked solid for the first time this season, which helped. Yeah, he had uh, he had some time because there was a few plays where it was like five, you know, five with a hitch, step mm-hmm. drops, and he uh, yeah he didn't look like he was pressured in the pocket, so that was good. That was good. Whereas uh, you know the Bucks have have looked good up front. Noah Spencer's has played well for them so far this season. Um, the likes of Jerry McCoy, Colin Alexander blitzing, Levante David blitzing. So they've actually put some pressure on teams, but today they uh, they had no luck. Well, no luck at all, and of course the injury to Levante David, the high ankle sprain. Yeah, he's out for several weeks. Mm. Um, Gerald McCoy had an ankle injury as well. He went out of the game. Just add to the list of injured Bucks defenders right now. There's about seven, I think. Yeah, it's not good. No, um, and the Bucks converted only one of six third down opportunities. That's not good. No, that's not good. What's that? Less than like twenty percent or something stupid? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I'm not doing maths at this time of night. Crazy. You need to be doing like at least fifty, well, at least forty. Yeah. To to be, be nice. Yeah, and they just they got dominated the possession as well. They had it was uh, it was nearly three quarters to. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was nearly stupid. three quarters to the Vikings. Yeah, they absolutely dominated all phases of the play. And great noise from the the Minnesota fans as well. That, yeah, it was. That place was noisy. It was. It was absolutely rocking in the so, greenhouse. Yeah, and Diggs nearly got caught showboating but <laughs> someone did get caught this week and they're not getting away with it what they're not getting away with that we haven't got to that game yet okay <laughs> we'll get to it then. I'm no intrigued uh, about it that. was just uh, it, I don't, there's not a lot to go through to this one it was um, it was just pure dominant, dominance throughout the game mm-hmm. for the Vikings they look fantastic yeah yeah so, well done Minnesota yeah absolutely uh, let's move on then to 
the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. where the Jets just missed having their first shutout since blanking Cincinnati 37-0 on January 13th, 2010. Mm-hmm. Cutler threw a three-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Parker on the final play. Cody Parkey missed the extra point, capping a miserable day for Miami in 88-degree heat at MetLife. Yeah. That's warm. That's super warm. Almost everything that Cutler's former understudy threw was caught on Sunday as well, which was really strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was ex- yeah, exceedingly rare, but great hands from every member of the receiving team kept a near-perfect day for gangrene. The only slight black mark came on a run fumble from Elijah Maguire that was recovered by the Dolphins. Um, and Miami looked absolutely shell-shocked by this game. Sloppy quarterback play and no real run game meant that the Dolphins had to rely on their defence. Yeah. Not a good idea. No. Not a good idea. And it was uh, busted coverages. It was They were getting torched by Anderson. Curley had a good game as well, a few good catches. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see him sort of get immersed within that team. Uh, yeah, just a, a, a very good performance, actually, from, from the Jets, which is rare. We've not seen that for a while. So, uh, very impressive. Very impressive from that, that standpoint. And, yeah, just disappointing. Cutler didn't have a terrible game. He only threw one, one, the one interception. Um, he was charged with throwing the ball a lot because they were so far behind so early doors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just a disappointing game, frankly, from from what people expected to be a better... I know they lost their quarterback, but a better Dolphins team. They made some good acquisitions. Cutler's not a terrible quarterback. Uh, they had they, a good week too, didn't they? It's just such too, a yeah. step backwards for them. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, no, but a good game for the Jets. And, you know, they're... Uh, they got some bragging rights these days in uh, in New York because the other team over there is doing uh, pretty <laughs> poorly, aren't they? You wouldn't have thought the Jets fans would have a chance to brag over the Giants, but uh, no, and yeah. and the fact that they, you know, they got a hundred percent more wins than the Giants have <laughs> this season. I, I can't believe I can't believe in New York now to get bragging rights. You need a one and two record. <laughs> so, but no, good for good for the Jets. Good win and. Um, you know, I've been quite tough on the Jets the last couple of seasons, so it's nice to actually quite have something positive. Yeah, no, the Jets fans aren't happy with what's going on. No, I don't. I don't think I've been too tough. I just think they've been Overly underperforming. Cruel. So it's um, no, it's good. It's exciting for them that they uh, they got on the uh, got on the old win column. Of course, there were our, uh, articles straight after the game whether that was a good idea to win that game or not. You know, yeah, classic, <laughs> classic, classic New York. What are you talking about? They've got Hackenberg. They don't need a quarterback. Ooh, you're right. When you're right, you're right. That's it. Can't say you're wrong. That's it. Let's go to ay ay ay. Let's go to Detroit. Let's. Matthew Stafford's pass. We've got to talk about it, King. To Golden Tate was ruled to be just short of the goal line in the final seconds. Overturning the call on the field and allowing the Atlanta Falcons to hold on for a thirty to twenty six win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Annette, former NFL officiating uh, chief Dean Blandino, mm-hmm. he managed one season as the officiating chief. Uh, now a Fox analyst explained the call in a tweet. So to recap, ruling on the field was a TD which stops the clock. After review, Tate was short, which would have kept the clock running. This carries a ten second runoff. Had the call on the field been correct initially, the clock would have run out. That's the spirit of the rule. Right. How do you feel about that spirit of the rule? I don't agree with the rule, but they never would have got a playoff. So I know they feel hard, hard done by. And the only reason we're having this conversation is because it meant that they lost the game and there'd been a stoppage. Yes. So because of the stoppage is basically where the, the issue's coming. Mm-hmm. Is you stop the game. It, 
hypothetically, yes, they could have got a playoff, but not within eight seconds. No, but if the play's been stopped, if the game clock has been stopped by the officials, this is where there's an issue. With that. It shouldn't start again until the next snap. No, this is where yeah, this is where there's an issue because they don't have that during the game. I kind of understand it from that perspective, but it would have been essentially a free play for the the Lions, which meant that the Falcons would have felt hard done by had the Lions punched it in. So I get that you need to draw the line somewhere, and eight seconds, frankly, isn't enough to to cause a play. So um, I don't necessarily have a major issue with the rule, but there needs to be change the rules in the middle of the game where it's a ten second runoff there as well, and then no one can argue. Um, or if you're not sure, stop giving touchdowns. I'm probably. Well, I don't know if I'm right or not, but isn't this the same kind of hard... <laughs> Didn't we watch the Falcons and the Lions in Wembley where they had the same issue of the Lions had a field goal, mm-hmm. went in, then they shot again that missed, or it was the other way around, wasn't it? Where yeah. Lions got the rough end of the, the wedge on that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm right. I think so. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying yes. I don't actually know. Um, you been listening anymore? No, not really. Okay. Not really. And it's disappointing because the Lions, that was a game for them to win. They it three, was. They got three interceptions off Matt Ryan. Um, I, know I wasn't got... going to talk about that. I know you, know, you think I don't like Matt Ryan, but mm. I wasn't. Uh, looking at those interceptions, they weren't really his fault. Uh, I'd be the first one to say if they were. One of them was. One of them was through Tevin Coleman's hands. One or of Sanu's, was, I think. It was, yeah. Sanu, it was Sanu's hands, yeah. Mm-hmm. Went through Sanu's hands. A couple of them were tips and stuff. So. Yeah, they yeah, tip balls. And I can't ever really blame a quarterback for tip ball. No, no. But, you know. It, it, as much as I'd like to. I'm not going to blame Matt Ryan for a tip ball. The Lions did get torched, though, by Freeman. Over 100 yeah, 138 yards. combined yards there and one touchdown. Yeah. Taylor Gabriel, five catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, Golden Tate, seven catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. And got to mention Darius Slay, two interceptions on the game. It's kind, yes. of, it's kind of a shame that that last play overshadowed some good performances on both sides. Yeah, there were. There were some yeah individual performances that were fantastic. Julio Jones had over 90 yards as well, no touchdowns. But he... Um, yeah, it was, um, it was a game there to be won, frankly, for the Lions. The defence stepped up and played well. Mm-hmm. Um... And I kind of, I get it's frustrating. I understand that. And the rule's difficult. But I don't think they'd have got the playoff. I kind of understand why there's a 10 <laughs> second runoff. But also, that would have made it fourth down. Like, you've already had, that was your third opportunity. Yeah. You've had three opportunities within a yard to get a touchdown. Like, can you feel that hard done by? Just punch it in. Just do something. Throw the ball. I get you want to stop the clock and stuff, so throw it, but you got three attempts on a one-yard line. Like you, you can feel a little bit hard done by, but you've... Really, that fourth attempt would have made that... Oh, I don't know. I just think it was there there to be one for the Lions, and that's... It's one of those... That's why I don't think they're ever going to do that well in the playoffs, etc., if they make it. It's just I, don't, I can't see them winning these dirty, gritty games that... Especially when your your defence creates three turnovers from Matt Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford from uh, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I mean, they keep talking about how the Lions have this fourth quarter comeback mentality and they get the win out of it. But mm. if you if you start becoming synonymous with that, fair enough, you might get some wins, but you're also leaving it late. So you're giving yourself that, yeah, you're that also risk behind. where you can't win the game. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. Be more consistent early doors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, um, Unlucky for the Lions, obviously. It but was. Another I mean, it's frustrating. I totally understand that. But I, I, I know that they need to... One team was going to get shortchanged in that instance. Yeah. And I think within 10 seconds, I kind of understand why they have a 10-second runner. Yeah, one team was always going to be annoyed at that. Yeah, and... Just having to be the home team, so... The more I'm thinking about it, 10-second runoff actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> Starting the clock again doesn't. 
Let's go on then to um, Financial Field, Lincoln Financial, mm-hmm. where Jake Elliott ran over to the coaches gang and begged for a chance to try the longest field goal in team history. Mm-hmm. They said yes, and he nailed it. So Jake Elliott kicked a 61-yarder as the clock expired to lift the Philadelphia Eagles to a 27-24 victory over the New York Giants. Yep. I mean, if you want to watch a back-and-forth roller coaster, just watch the fourth quarter of this game. 37 points and the lead changing back and forth with a finish that guarantees that Jake Elliott will never have to buy a beer in Philly again. No, what a legend. Did you see the video of his dad as well? Yeah, he's basically crying. He was crying. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> when, he, uh, when he got it, that sucks. That was emotional, awesome. that <laughs> That's awesome. Gee, 61 yards. He hadn't had a good game before that as well. He muffed an a extra point and yeah. missed a field goal earlier in the game. So he hadn't been having a good evening, but uh, all came good in the end. Yeah, you can't... It's, you know, from the team standpoint, the clock would have run out anyway. The only risk you've got is if he doesn't make it and you have a Cromarty situation where he runs it back for... <laughs> yeah, because he was waiting. 108 yeah. yards. But it's... um, Yeah, no, good for him. Brilliant sto- story. Um, and obviously it's nice to see his dad get choked up because son gets the winner. No, I, I, I love that sort of stuff, so that was brilliant. Um, yeah, because Wentz was actually held in check. Mm-hmm. I think he threw for less than 200 yards. I know he didn't turn the ball over, but he... um. Yeah, he wasn't particularly explosive. Um, but what is going on with the Giants at the moment? They uh... Well, their receivers are all right. OBJ, nine catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard, seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, their receivers are good. Yeah. It's their quarterback, isn't it? Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> two costly interceptions from, from Eli Manning. They threw the most slants I've ever seen thrown in one game. There is no creativity on offense. It's like they no. don't believe in Eli Manning. And I know they uh, <laughs> they they are one of the frankly are one of the better teams I've ever seen at slants because the angles that both Shepard and OBJ uh, take. OBJ take. Uh, one of them went for a seventy odd yard touchdown. That was Shepard, wasn't it? Yeah. This week, so I get why they do it, but you need to, you know, that you're going to get found out you're going to get picked off if you keep doing that people are going to jump it and uh, you know they haven't got a particularly good running game either so I don't think that helps them at the moment um, play action's not there but Eli Manning's just regressing I think actually it's not I don't just want to single out Eli Manning I think Roethlisberger and Rivers as well um, <laughs> right from one under the bus well, they're all from the same, they're all from the same draft class and I think that they're all reaching the point now where they're not looking like the players they were a few years ago the elite quarterbacks that, that all three of them were. Um, right. You know, there was jokes about Manning, but he still won two Super Bowls. <laughs> um, but I just think, I, th- I think they're reaching the age now where all of those guys are regressing and, and the Giants, I think, are going to have to make a decision about Manning at the end of the season. I don't necessarily think the Chargers will or the Steelers will. I think Manning's the most glaringly obvious one, but I think those two are also in a similar boat that Manning's in. Well, for me, he's just not... He's the least natural quarterback out of the, the three. The three, yeah. Yeah. I think you can agree with me that they have... Players getting older. Off. They, of course, they're getting older, but play has dropped off <laughs> a little from bit. all three of those. Little, you, tiny, can, tiny, you can get tiny. a little bit defensive about... <laughs> I do. Profits, you need to chill out on that, man. 
that slant play for 70 odd yards from Sterling Shepard was mm. even more impressive because he had my fantasy bench attached to him as he ran that, that yeah, route yeah who were you so. playing this week <laughs> in fantasy see what see I brought this up look how nice I am you're very nice yeah well, you? I was playing you this you, week did you win no okay. I couldn't have beaten anyone this week my, I had, <laughs> my wide receivers and my tight end completely decimated any chance I had of winning this game no, I had 117 points so I'd have beaten most people I'd have beaten you last week well you didn't play me last week. I didn't play you last week. No, you lost to, to Punk last week. So. I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, the bad news uh, for the Eagles is that Darren Sproles is out for the season after suffering a broken wrist in the first half. Oh, no. Yeah. Not good. No. Not good at all. Um, no, because he's like, he, I swear, is not aging. He's someone who doesn't have an issue with aging because he's been fantastic from start till now. Mm hmm. Um, and that's a real loss for the for the Eagles. So we'll have to see what they do to who's going to step up and and fill his shoes. Because uh, yeah, it's tiny, tiny shoes. It's tiny. It's tiny little shoes. <laughs> but they got Smallwood, uh, Smallwood, and, and Blunt. I suppose they have got yes. options at running back. But he's just so dynamic. Sproles loves an edge. Loves well, finding an edge. Loves a cutty cutty edge edge. He does. That's what he loves. Let's go to Charlotte, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees shredded the league's top-ranked defense. That's crazy. Uh, the, the top-ranked defense throwing mm. for 220 yards and three touchdowns as the New Orleans Saints defeated the previously unbeaten Carolina Panthers 34 to 13. Brees led six scoring drives and threw t- two, uh, sorry threw touchdown passes. That was easier to say to Michael Thomas, Brandon Coleman, the next Panthers wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. Mm. As the Saints avoided an 0 and 3 start, rookie Alvin Kamara put the game away with a 25-yard touchdown run with 4.42 left on the clock. Yep. Carolina had only allowed six points in its previous two games. The Saints defense, which came in ranked 32nd in the league, intercepted Cam Newton three times and sacked him four times before he was replaced in the late in the fourth quarter for Derek Anderson. Newton continues to struggle with his rhythm following off-season shoulder surgery. Yeah, he has no touch. He has the least variations of the type of throws he makes than any other quarterback in the league all he does is throw cannons at people yeah. five yard there cannons there is no finesse and, uh, yeah. there is no finesse how far is the route five yards cannon how far is the route <laughs> 30 yards cannon it is I actually I watch him it's painful to watch him sometimes and yeah he does a couple of runs and stuff which are nice but when he's under duress he's awful mm. and you saw that there you put him under pressure at early in the game and they'll throw stupid interceptions the other thing I don't like is when Winston throws receptions interceptions you mean in, interceptions that's what I said you said I? receptions when he throws interceptions well receptions to the other team when he throws <laughs> <laughs> had to be right <laughs> yeah. no when he throws interceptions yeah. you see him hustling to try and make tackles ah yeah 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 same with Matt Stafford yeah. same with a few other like there's, a, there's other guys that are like it mm-hmm. yeah but they all hustle they go and make tackles one of the exceptions I noticed, it didn't get to him, but then the camera panned and Newton was just waiting at the back. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many other quarterbacks that would run and dive and try and get there first and make the tackle because they'd be so frustrated. Yeah. I just don't see him have that. It's the same as the Super Bowl when he didn't dive on that fumble. I'm just like, come on. Like, you're so talented. You have all the gifts and you're just, you're not performing. And there's people, there's like, I've heard analysts and stuff I know they're not making the decisions within the organisation but saying it's going to be one of the two of them it's going to be the coach at the end of the year if they keep playing like this because ultimately they're going to lose more games they didn't deserve to win last week against the Bills no 
and they got smashed today against a poor Saints team. I mean, scrape the Seahawks. Yeah, and scrape the Seahawks, who can't score points on offense. No. So they've just been lucky with the first two games, frankly. Really lucky last week, because Zay Jones should have caught that ball. But I think I jinxed him and said he catches everything, so that was my fault. wasn't an easy pass to catch. No, it wasn't, but... This week they got absolutely hosed and a defense that is like Swiss cheese. They he a, a real. Can you imagine Roethlisberger, Brady, Rogers not torching that defense? Yeah, I know. well, even if Brady you did torch that defense yeah, last week. Absolutely. So even if the Saints can, but they are. Where was that defense offense. last week? God knows. Where were they? Where was the pass rush that was coming in there? I don't know. It's mental. Sacked him four times. Damn it! Is it just because Macklin was rubbish? Um, it partly was it that. Ryan Khalil I don't know which Khalil brother they've got in there at the moment it's it's partly that I think it's partly as well that he's not as good at the line of scrimmage as the likes of Brady or some of the real elite guys where he's not changing plays he's not shifting snap counts and... yeah snap counts he's not um, shifting the blocking as much as those guys are he does the same old um, like cadence like his ready ready up <laughs> yeah and it, it caught people offside the first year he did it, but this yeah. is, we're three years on now. Everyone's like, well, right, okay, we'll go this. now. Yeah. <laughs> they already know. And they're just jumping his defense, uh, his um, offensive line. Yeah. Um, some positives, though. McCaffrey and Samuel, both rookies, got on the stat sheet. Samuel had a nice 31-yard end around. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey had 100 yards receiving. So there are positives offensively for the Panthers, but... Benjamin got injured again. He did, first quarter. Yeah, so that's not good for them, but... They're trying to change their, their team from being a big-bodied offence. I know Funchess was and, and Benjamin was, but they, that's yeah. why they, they invested first and second round picks in Samuel and, and McCaffrey. They want to be speedsters and shifty. So yeah, I don't think they'll be overly worried about that. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's on Cam Newton. You can't turn the ball over three times. You can't look disheartened when you're doing it. You need to show effort. And he needs to, they need to sort out this thing where he can't... He, can't throw the ball under pressure whether that's changing the offence or it's quick it's quick passes end arounds things like that where you don't put him in a situation where he's doing five step drops mm-hmm. but he needs to get rid of the ball quicker if he, if he gets flustered that quickly um, Drew Brees had a great game 22 of 29 that's incredible with regards to his accuracy against the top ranked defence in the league absolutely absolutely yeah <laughs> I don't know how that happens um, Kamara looked good Ingram looked great you, you're barely seeing any Peterson which is interesting I think pe- we thought it'd be mm. dynamic in well I think that Minnesota had a good trade on that one didn't they yeah absolutely absolutely and I think Kamara's going to become more prevalent within the offence there I th- everything I'm hearing is Sean Payton loves him and Ingram seems to have adjusted well to having being the sort of true number one last year and having to share carries so he's done well from that perspective and uh, yeah Thomas is, could be a bona fide star I think at wide receiver so there are some positives in offence their defence Look great this week, but I, I have no belief in the Saints' defense. <laughs> no, no, not um, after what happened to a, with a proper offense against them. Yeah, but real good division win for them. So, uh, yeah. Okay, let's, let's move on. Let's. let's move on. Jordan Howard pushed through the pain in his right shoulder and scored on a 19-yard run in overtime to lead Chicago to a 23 to 17 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers in Soldier Field. Howard's winning score came two plays after rookie Tariq Cohen broke off an electric run for what appeared to be a 73-yard game-winning touchdown. He was ruled out of bounds at the Pittsburgh 37. Howard took over from there and got a big assist as he ran along the left side. Deontay Thompson might have, scratched that, did, grab Pittsburgh Artie Burns while pushing him out of bounds. But no flag was thrown, and the Bears now come away with a surprising victory. 
did he grab him? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he literally did. But like in like a dominating, I'm chucking him out. In of a kind of holding <laughs> um, his jersey yeah, while he pushed offensive him out. Offensive pass interference. Yeah, stopped him well, from getting the tackle in. Can't be pass interference when there's a run. But All right, with well, offensive holding. Yeah, well, I don't know. I thought it was legit. <laughs> you obviously weren't watching the play. I watched it a number of times. <laughs> Put it on repeat. Mm. Actually, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, yeah, that run game. Those, those, that Cohen and, and Howard one-two punch is fantastic. Yeah, it was. You guys got destroyed on the ground. Yeah, we did. Which is worrying, because your linebackers, as you confirmed last week, are really good. They are. So that's worrying for a team with immense, immensely talented. I'm not overly people. worried, King. <laughs> I'm not overly worried. This is, you're very, uh, you're very chilled for you actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good game for the Bears. Steelers, as I said, I think Roethlisberger's made a. Just didn't look like himself. He didn't necessarily make errors. Wasn't throwing in, throwing interceptions. But twenty-two or thirty-nine isn't Roethlisberger performance from an accuracy standpoint. No. Um, Le'Veon Bell is not the Le'Veon Bell we saw last year. I think it's taken him a bit of time to get back into it. And I think teams are um, try, loading the box and trying to stop the run. Yeah. Um, but only 61 yards. Antonio Brown had himself a game. 110 yards and a touchdown. He just looked fantastic. Well, yeah. Especially his touchdown where it looked like he just turned around to the... Uh, just give me the ball. <laughs> just give me the ball and I'll score for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. So, uh, you know, and then Smith-Schuster and... And uh, Martavis Bryant as well. You've got weapons. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I just think the problem is when when a team's running all over you. One, it drains your your defense, and two, it it, it eats up time on the clock. So uh, it's and it was just from start to finish. So it's a difficult game for the Steelers. They're tough to win when when you've got a team rushing for nearly two hundred and fifty yards on you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I was what listening. Well, I was listening to another podcast uh, earlier in the week, the Still City Underground podcast. All right. So never heard of it. No, you wouldn't have done. So, so it's the Steelers podcast, basically. Oh, okay. And uh, they were talking about how it's very true that the Steelers like to play down to opponents. We should torch teams like this, mm-hmm. but we just seem to always play down to the level of the opponent we're, we're playing against. The Browns as well. We always make it hard for ourselves to to beat the Browns. It's always mm-hmm. a, a close game. And Steelers have had at least one head-scratching loss every year going back to 2012. Okay. So last year we lost 34-3 to Philadelphia, which was just completely out of character. Um, and they, they Philadelphia had a losing streak at the end of the season. In 2015, we were going all the way to a playoff spot, but then they lost late in the season to the Baltimore team that went 5-11. and So Pittsburgh do this. They, they should win these games easily, but they don't seem to get up for the game. Right, okay. So, I'm not overly worried that we lost one game. I'd rather lose this week to the Bears than lose next week to the Ravens. And I think you're going to see a much more different team, a much, a much different performance next week against, a, well, a team that we hate in the Ravens. There'll be nothing difficult about getting up for that game. But this one, I mean, we haven't won in Chicago for a long time. Mm. And Chicago haven't been good for a long time. I don't think it's any coincidence. We just yeah. don't play well against bad teams. No, it's interesting. And also, you want to hit your stride towards the end of the year. So if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna have losses, which 
Inevitably, I'm very well. philosophical about this Lost King, as mm. you can see. Yeah, you're, you're being you're less emotional than I would have expected. <laughs> you're hoping there's going to be Rat in the Raven. I'm not. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I want to quickly mention Marcus Cooper because we have to. It's just too funny not to. Okay. Uh, committed a bonehead play for the ages after the Bears blocked a field goal in the closing seconds of the first half with a clear path to the end zone. He slowed down and had the ball poked away at the one-yard line by Vance McDonald. Yeah, that was who I was saying isn't getting away with it. Oh, he Marcus Cooper. He is an idiot. What? A pl- I couldn't believe it. He stopped N- like... <laughs> I did he not think he was in? But the problem they've got, and it's similar with the Diggs <laughs> thing when you're playing at home, is the fans scream so loud because they're so excited. You don't hear people behind you. Yeah. But just finish the play. Yeah. Celebrate. They're, they let you do celebrations now. They let you do it. Mm. So don't celebrate. With Run t- out the back of the end zone. Yeah. Do so. Oh, my God. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. What? I, do you know what? I'd drop him. I kid you not, I would drop him the next week, on the Monday. I would not put him back in the game and I'd have sacked him. But interestingly enough, I mean, when we are watching that live, they ruled it as uh, out the back of the end zone. They, they basically said that was the end of the first half. And it was only because the Chicago line was screaming at the, the refs. They thought about it again, then went, oh, well, hang on, no, it's actually down at the one, so we need to play one more play from the one yard line and they set they did a field goal from that and that was a three point difference that seemed innocuous at the time mm. and oh we should be we should be grateful as Steelers that it wasn't seven points or it yeah. wasn't the safety or something but that three points was the difference between a tie game and a win for the Steelers before going through to overtime yeah so you know, your, where was your that was a bad call. Off? That was a bad call by the refs you know, to rethink stuff and then go oh well okay we'll give you an extra play yeah um yeah. Also, bad refing bad refing super bad refing but also you were one yard away from getting smashed so yeah but that's not my fault that the bear, bear stopped running is it so stupid honestly I'd fire him <laughs> I would fire him there's no way he, that guy's staying on my team oh you're Donald Trump hmm? <laughs> no I'm not I'm not I don't I do not want players that are stupid I want players that play it's inexcusable really it is uh, inexcusable hilarious it was funny <laughs> I could see it coming I was like no <laughs> no <laughs> Because oh, even when Diggs got caught in his one, yeah. he still outstretched his arms. He was like, oh my God, I can't get It'll caught. Gra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's coming. Oh my God. That's um, silly. Yeah. Silly, silly, silly. Okay, let's carry on. Let's go to Foxborough. Uh, a Brandon Cook's 25-yard toe-tapping touchdown catch from Tom Brady's throw with 20 sec- for 23 seconds left in the game rallied the Patriots to beat the Houston Texans 36-33. to Brady finished with five touchdown throws. Cooks had five tu- five receptions for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's the fifth multi-touchdown game and 800-yard game of his four-year career. That's pretty amazing. Also, King, is Chris Hogan wearing a cape of visibility? Because no defender seems to cover he him across the field. He was wide open. It's not the first time this has happened. No, constant. Constant. Does his name not get called in the lineup? Or no, he's like a, a skinny white dude, so it's not the normal wide receiver you come up against. So Mcmahon's run on the field. <laughs> yeah, it's normally a really short white dude. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah, maybe the opposing teams just think a fans run on the field. I don't understand it. How does this guy get open all the time? He's fast, but he's not that fast. <laughs> no, he's not that fast. Um, I have no idea. He, he was wide open the whole time. It's hilarious. Mm. And also, how many times are teams going to get stung with the in and out route against the Patriots? I don't know. Do you remember the Super Bowl against the Seahawks Vividly. a couple of years ago? 
And um, Edelman came, went in and out, and I think they got he dropped the pass. Mm-hmm. And then the next play to go ahead, he went in and then out, and then caught it again. I'm like, they keep they've done this for four years now, <laughs> and no one's stopping it. Just put another guy outside. Doing it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's doing my head in. Yeah. Um, Brady's a beast. Straight up, the guy's a beast. 370 yards, five touchdowns, 25, 35, 30, throwing the ball. Immense. No run game really to speak of. But yeah, Cooks is the difference. I know we talked about... I know you all took the mickey out of me when we did the draft. And I said that the Patriots were the winner because they traded a first round yeah. pick for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And I said he was the best receiver <laughs> in the draft. He's the only one that's had three yeah. over 1,000 yards in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you all laughed at me. It is true though. <laughs> You're calling you crazy. He is... He is a diff- he is an absolute difference maker for that team now. He's given them a le- legit deep ball threat. Well, especially Vedderman out and Grant getting injured every week, and you know. yeah, absolutely a deep ball threat they've not had since Randy Moss has gone. Um, like you said, Hogan stepped up to the plate as well, which has been good. Amendola's now back fit, and Grant still eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Even though he is still sort of semi, he's a bit up and down. Held together with uh, that Velcro that he wraps around his arm. Yeah. Well, I talked about a rookie quarterback earlier um, in Kaiser for the Browns. Yeah, you didn't rate. Who I didn't rate. Watson, I do rate, despite his two turnovers today, two interceptions. He looks so poised in the pocket. He looks like he's already a leader within that offense, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had decent stats. 22 of 33, 300 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the two interceptions. He hung, they hung with the Patriots the whole Absolutely. game. And they were winning until, like I said, the last 23 seconds. Yeah. It took for the Patriots to edge ahead. Yep, and that defense is frightening. Now they've got Watt and Clowney. Clowney both fit. Yeah, two sacks for Clowney, I think, today. Yeah, a bit more of a balanced offense from their perspective. Over 100 yards rushing and, and sort of nine, 300 yards throwing the ball. Um yeah, they. It was just it, essentially it was just the turnovers. The additional one was the main difference. Both over forty percent third down conversion. Real close game actually. Yeah, was really impressed and and um, everything I'm hearing is saying that Brady had some really nice words to say to Watson after the game, which is good to see. So uh, they're good for them trying to stick with the team that I think, despite injuries and stuff, is is the benchmark for the NFL at the moment. Yeah, I really hope Watson does well. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, it's another example of a quarterback who seems to be doing well that the Browns have passed up on. So. <laughs> oh, no. It is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, um, close game, very entertaining. What a throw that was, sorry, to win the game. He also had to throw an absolute laser to Cooks for a touchdown as well. It's like Brady's now gone, oh, actually, now I've got a deep throw. I've actually, I can sling it. We've He's been enjoying saying for that, years. isn't he? Yeah, we've been saying for years he doesn't throw the ball like that. And we he thought he'd, we, we could, frankly, we thought he couldn't. Mm. Because he never did. Yeah, yeah. and um, well, he had he had some runners, you know, but not yeah. great ones. That... Yeah, not at Cooks level. No, um, but yeah, since since Cooks has come and stepped into the phrase, um, it's like the Brady of old, just slinging it about. I'm actually re- I'm actually really impressed. <laughs> it's not as boring watching the Patriots on offense. Well, anymore, no, so, no, it's good. No, I want to qu- talk quickly about uh, left tackle Dwayne Brown. How quick? Well, is that what you want to say? No, I want right, to say a bit so... more. A bit more. That he's still holding out, King. I mean, we talked about him a few weeks ago. Yeah. But he's currently losing $550,000 a week Okay. with this holdout, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, just to let people know if they're interested, that Brown could show up after week eight and still get credit towards fulfilling his year of this contract, okay? Or the Texans can look to trade Brown before the Tuesday following the week eight game, okay? Yeah. 
so as long as they did it before that, mm-hmm. to try and get some draft picks back after they gave up their first two picks next year to get Watson and ship Osweiler. So you think this is going to be a no-brainer for the for the Texans. If they're really going to dig their heels in, there's been no contact between them and Dwayne Brown. Do you know how old Brown is? I don't think he's... I think he's about in early 30s. Early he? 30s. He's not, not about to up. retire. He's one of the top five yeah. left tackles in the league, I think. And there are so many teams... Well, there's more teams than not that need a proper left tackle. Yep. So they, the Texans should be phoning around and trying to get some draft interest for this guy. You know, get some picks for next year. Yeah, potentially. There's so many teams that need... I mean, even the Texans need a good left tackle. It's, uh, this is too big to pass up. And in the meantime, Brown's already lost $3 million in the uh, Yeah, but who's gonna, who, are you going to get enough currency for him knowing that you need to trade him? It's because if I if I'm well, a, if I'm an opposing team's GM and I turn around and go, hold out and he's holding out anyway. You're not going to play him. I'll yeah. give you a, I'll give you a third round or fourth round pick for him. <laughs> well, they need to try and, and you start can go. An auction, well, he's one of the they? best left tackles in the league. I want a first round pick. No, or yeah. I'll give you a third and a fourth round pick. No, I want at least a second round pick. No, because he's holding <laughs> out. You um, need a few teams to start an auction going, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. That's what you need. And he will add value to another team, and someone will probably give us give up a second-round pick for him. Yeah. Because um, it's not a team with a lot of holes. It's not like the, you know, when you can trade players for some some talent plus other players or have a bit of a switch around. It's, um, you know, it's... They're a team that hasn't got many holes, so yeah, the addition of of sort of some draft currency would probably be quite nice for them. Especially because they're going to be very quiet for the first two rounds next year. Yeah, they will be for sure. Let's head on then mm-hmm. to Tennessee. Yep, where Marcus Mariota threw for two hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns, and the Tennessee Titans scored twenty-one straight points in rallying to beat the Seattle Seahawks thirty-three to twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Pro Bowl running back Demarco Murray rushed for one hundred fifteen yards, including a seventy-five-yard touchdown run. That was the longest allowed by the Seattle defense since Frank Gore had an 80-yarder against the Seahawks in 2009. That was before Pete Carroll was hired in January of 2010. So that's the first one the Legion of Boom has given up, or the yeah. longest. It's pretty impressive. Uh, worst news for the Seahawks was wide receiver Doug Baldwin, who caught 10 passes for 105 yards and a touchdown, was leaving in the fourth quarter with an injured groin. Almost everything positive for the Seahawks seemed to come through him. Yeah, he was the difference. Graham he was everything. Had- Graham had a few catches. I think he had about seventy yards, but he um, ball wind looked like he was the difference maker for them offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, little to no rush, rushing attack. You know, and, and the funny thing is they let they actually had to let um, Marshawn Lynch, who was still under contract with them, sign for the Raiders. Yeah, and they've just got nothing um, with regards to the run game. Oh, Chris Carson's not that bad, uh, but he rushed eleven attempts, thirty-four yards. The long of seven yards. Well, this is a good Titans defense, <laughs> as you like telling me. <laughs> it's a good Titans defense, <laughs> but he's—they're not a Marshawn Lynch, are they? Let's be honest. No. But it's um, it's a shame as well because they just cannot keep Russell Wilson upright. He's really struggling. Um, it's another team where they could do—they could do the left tackle. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, let's hey. get on the phone. <laughs> get on the phone. We solved it already, Jim. How quick was that? Um, yeah, it's a similar situation to the Steelers, really. Uh, it wasn't quite as many. See, the Seahawks defense is actually good compared to the Steelers. So wow! It's, it's but rushing wise, I can't wait to get to the Chargers game. Rushing wise, <laughs> mate, I'm, I've had three years of this stuff. So I'm not good. <laughs> I've uh, I'm 
hard into it. Only one of us has got a chance of making the playoffs. Oh, well, Whammy! <laughs> Only one of us has got a chance of first overall pick. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, yes, anyway. But uh, the the Titans rushed for nearly 200 yards total um, with uh, the combination of Henry and... Uh, DeMarco. And DeMarco. Um, Don DeMarco. Yeah, plus the receivers. So Matthews, Rashad Matthews had a good game. Yeah, Deck he did. Looks like a good addition for him as well. A bit of a veteran uh, look for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that no one really turned the ball over, but the defence, both defences looked stifling. Um, I know it was a relatively high-scoring game, but you could see it was just the rushing for the Titans that was the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one player and the rushing. So that was the diff- that was what was causing problems to both defences. But it's good the Titans are now winning shootouts because a couple of years ago they would have had no chance against the Seahawks team and mm-hmm. certainly no chance in a close game like this. Very chippy game. Uh, mm. Richard Sherman, three flags in a row, wasn't it? I think, at one point. Been, he should have been um, tossed out, I think. Well, they hit on Mariota. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Mm. So Mariota runs out of bounds, but <laughs> Sherman made sure of it. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- uh, I'm shocked that Taylor Lewan didn't go and punch him again. Or you know, well, it's good to see Lewan straight in there, wasn't it? Yeah, he, well, he always does. And Jarrell Casey without so a helmet, much. just on the sideline, going, like, oh, "This isn't right." Yeah, Taylor Lewan's hilarious. I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. He's chippy as hell. He protects his quarterback, and he's and he's a great player. Like he can be that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Sherman. It was, it was just frustration. I think from from Seattle's perspective because I think the defence has actually played quite well so far this season and the offence has let them down so mm-hmm. when the offence finally turns it up and the defence is letting the opposing team score 33 points it's um, it must be frustrating for them so I think that was just a, a combination of a lot of things that, that sort of hmm. brew to the surface this week um, yeah. but no, I like the Titans this year I like it and I um I don't think that Wilson's regressed. I just think they haven't. They've just got terrible offensive line. Okay, and you know, less weapons at, uh, for throwing at. Yeah, yeah, and no run game to speak of, which is what <laughs> they were built when he first came into that team. It was a run first offense. Yes. Now it's. I know uh, he probably loves the fact they put the onus on him, but it's um, only if he wins. Yeah, yeah. If you can't stay upright as a quarterback, it's tough to win games. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the the second game which hit overtime this week, King, mm-hmm. uh, where Mason Crosby kicked a 27-yard field goal with 6 minutes 26 left in overtime, set up by Aaron Rodgers' 72-yard pass to Geronimo Allison. Mm-hmm. And the Packers beat the Bengals 27-24 in Green Bay. Yeah, that pass from Rodgers was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the commentary, Tony Romo? He's yeah. one of only three callbacks in the league. That or one of only two callbacks two. in the league. yeah. Who's the second, do you reckon? He'll probably say Brady. Reckon? Maybe. Stafford, maybe. Uh, yeah, someone, someone with, with like an immense arm tone. Yeah. Talent. Yeah, Rogers looked great. He was just slanging it around. Um. Yeah, good. That Allison was 100, 122 yards, but seventy two of that were on was just on that one play. Yeah. Um, Packers are always going to put up points, so. I think it was tough. I actually felt bad for Andy Dalton this week. Well, he, he scored a, 24 points. Yeah, he played a bit better. Um, but was let down <laughs> by his defence. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, it was a bit of a shame, really. But, yeah, good for the Packers. Well, we, we saw Bill Lazor making his first appearance as the offensive coordinator for the 
fired Ken Zampezi. Yeah, and he got a touchdown throw to AJ Green, who hadn't scored a touchdown in ages. Well, the Bengals went in at halftime 21-7 up. Yeah. I mean, though one of those scores was Aaron Rodgers' second ever pick six when cornerback Will Jackson cut out an out route throw and returned it 75 yards. Yeah. That's in the second of his career, first in Green Bay. At what? At, at Green Bay's ground, you mean? First in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and second overall. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. For that longer career. That's incredible, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they got off to a good start, but yeah, once once Rogers got in the groove of it, he was just... You can see he's healthy again now, which is great, because he's mm-hmm. running around the pocket, he's ducking, bouncing around, and he just... He can dip, dive. Oh, I've never seen an arm that strong. <laughs> duck, duck, dive, and dodge. Duck, dive, and dodge, and <laughs> dive. Um, he's His arm is like a cannon. It's so impressive to watch. Yeah. It's like he, sh- he throws the ball with a slingshot. It just flies out. That 72-yard touchdown was like a sidearm throw. Mm. Oh, laser. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Um, defense doesn't look too bad as well at Green Bay. I know they uh, they conceded a few points, but as you said, seven of those 24 uh, were from a pick six. So if you, uh, if you can hold a team to sort of 14, 15 points with Rodgers at quarterback... That's, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine because <laughs> he's a quarterback. Um, yeah, it was interesting. And the winless Bengals, just want to say it again, the winless Bengals won the toss in <laughs> overtime but went three and out on their opening drive. It was so loud at Lambeau Field that they had to call timeout before their first overtime snap. Wow, I didn't know that. That's that's awesome. Hmm. Would you, with overtimes <laughs> and stuff, Yeah. do you think t- more teams are going to go for it on fourth down? I hadn't thought about it. Do you think they will? Just, You've asked the question. I but... watched a couple of overtimes this week and I was like, do you know what? They should just go for it. Yeah. You know, if if you're on your own 20, probably not if you're going three and out. But if if you've had a couple of first downs and you are you know, on the halfway line, just go for it. You need a couple more. At least then you can um, you can kick a field goal. And you're mm. already at, they're outside of field goal range anyway. So you, you're kind of back in your defence. But... I don't know why more teams don't go for it on fourth down. It's kind of like you want it to... It, once you've had possession, all the, the opposing team needs is a field goal. Just go for it. I don't know. I just, that's just me. <laughs> I saw a few this week and I was like, yeah, I'd yeah. Have gone, I'd, personally, if I was a head coach, I'd have gone for it on fourth down. I've seen a lot of fourth downs gone for and just ridiculously uh, failed. No, true. 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 You don't want to be that person. No, you don't. But... If you go for it, you're a hero. Yeah. Well, look at the two-point conversion for the Raiders last year. That's fantastic. Mm. When it was, they needed one point to draw and two to take win. Over team, yeah, yeah. Over team, over time. Can't speak now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's my that's, job. That's my theory. I'd have. Uh, I personally would go for more fourth downs in overtime. If you ever make overtime. Yeah. So let's talk about. Oh God. <laughs> let's go to LA. Let's talk about the Rams. No, we've done that. Alex Smith threw two touchdown passes in the first nine and a half minutes against what used to be his hometown team. Terrence Mitchell had two interceptions and rookie Kareem Hunt scored on the 69-yard run to seal the Kansas City Chiefs 24-10 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers at the StubHub Center. Yeah. The Chiefs, now 3-0, and beat the Chargers for the seventh straight time king. Do you know mm-hmm. And they've won 12 straight AFC West games. Los Angeles' Phil Rivers threw three interceptions and the Chargers fall to 0-3. So that's the opposite of the 3-0 Chiefs. Yeah. 
Uh, it was the ninth time Rivers threw three interceptions. He led the NFL in pick, uh, picks twice in the last three seasons, including last year when he had a career-high 21. Peters almost had another interception in the third quarter, but the ball bounced off his hands. Daniel Sorensen appeared to come up with a deflected pass in the fourth quarter, but video replay showed it touched the ground first. So it could have been five. Could have been. Thoughts? Thoughts. Thoughts are he's regressed, as I said. He's been careless with the ball over the last few years, as you've mentioned. Very. Yeah, very. No, you're absolutely right to say that. Very. The most. Very careless, careless. you could say. Yeah. And be right. We have had injuries, um, and Gates was suspended at one point as well. So we have. He has had a depleted receiving core. and that's that's not normally hampered him. You look at the likes of Brady now; he's not turning the ball over. I know he's got cooks and stuff, but the likes of Edelman are gone. Amendola's been out for a few weeks, and and Brady's still not turning the ball over. And if you want to be an elite quarterback, and Rivers, I think would absolutely think he is, he needs to be better than that. Mm. So it's it's disappointing. Um, one thing that was a positive for the Chargers was was Melvin Gordon, eighty yards, and he looked. Shifty, looked more patient. He actually looked reminded me a bit watching him. I don't know if you got to see the game. Yeah, um, a bit of um, Le'Veon Bell last year. Just the patience behind the running back. Mm-hmm. It's good to see. So I was actually really pleased. That was that was a positive for us. He finished um, with seventeen carries for seventy nine yards and a touchdown. Yeah, did Melvin Gordon got a bit of a back strain? Um, he's limited in practice for for this weekend's games. Yeah. If we look at some of the stats, then so Kareem Hunt, everyone's favorite new running back. 183 combined yards and a touchdown. Yes, mental. Tyreek Hill, 90 combined yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Travis Benjamin, five catches for 105 yards. So it wasn't all doom and gloom for the Chargers. No, it wasn't. Um, the main issue again, this is becoming a, a bit of a trend. I think why there's been a few. I miscalled a few games, you know, Steelers and, and this game included. Yeah. Um, is when a team is rushing for nearly 200 yards or over 200 yards um, it's really tough to beat them <laughs> it's very draining <laughs> yeah. for a defence it's demoralising as well and it eats up the clock as I said but yeah 189 yards rushing to, today for the uh, well yes uh, sorry this weekend for the, the Chiefs uh, over the charges so that was the main issue it meant they didn't have to throw the ball they weren't putting themselves at risk mm-hmm. uh, of turning it over and, and that was sort of the story of the game really yeah. Mm. Disappointing. It's a shame. First overall pick. Bring it on. <laughs> Let's head to Sunday night, shall we? Let's. Two games left. And Kirk Cousins threw for 365 yards and three touchdowns. Chris Thompson had 188 all purpose yards in the score. And the Redskins sacked Derek Carr four times, mm. forced three turnovers, and held the Raiders to just 128 yards in the dominating. 27 to 10 victory on Sunday night. Yeah, 96 total passing yards for the Raiders this week. Yes. Oh, God. That's not good. 32 rushing yards. That might be the most horrific offensive display I've ever seen. As far as pure stats goes. That's terrible. I mean, Oakland's rushing offense was ranked fifth coming into this game. Yes. And the Raiders went 0 for 11 on third downs. Yeah, that's just not good. <laughs> is it not good? No. <laughs> is that your analysis of the game then? That That's 0 for 11 is not good. 0 for 11 <laughs> is bad. There we go. It's unperfect. It's unperfect. <laughs> um, they just got torched though by Thompson. He yes. came out of nowhere. What a guy. 150 yards receiving, 38 yards rushing the ball. Damn. Mm. 
pretty impressive. Yeah. Vernon Davis as well stepped up to the plate. On the other side, let's talk about Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith, and Jonathan Allen stood out in a very good uh, Washington defense this yeah. weekend. Yeah, they were they were great. I, I pointed out the fact that with Jay Gruden, this Redskins team is is a real solid outfit. Anyone who plays under a Gruden tends to be sort of feisty, tough yeah. to beat. Um, and it, it looked like, frankly, they just looked like they overpowered the the Raiders. They looked like the tougher team. And mm-hmm. that's not normal for Raiders. The Raiders are known for being one of the toughest teams in town. So it was uh, that was that's real positive for the Redskins. This was supposed to be a statement days. game for the Raiders. It should have been. They Absolutely. were supposed to walk in, mm-hmm. blow them out, yep, and really announce themselves as a contender for the Super Bowl this year. Yep. So what does this do to Raiders' Super Bowl chances? I don't think it does anything to the Super Bowl chances. It's similar to your, you know, how you explained. Um, and how eloquently you explained it as well. It's Thank similar you. to the Steelers, where if you want to, if you're going to lose games and and uh, find out where you've got weaknesses, mm-hmm. um, now's the time to do it, so you have at least enough time to address them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just didn't look up for it. That was disappointing actually to watch because I'm a, a I'm a Raiders fan. They're in division. I know they're meant to be a rival, but I just that's a real head scratcher from, no but from my perspective I just I'd, I'd rather someone a team that I like do work, like go on from my division and then at least I can say we've been the reason we keep getting hammered at home in our division is because they've gone on to the Super Bowl um, but that is some warped logic nah, it makes sense you had some me. years to think about it I suppose yeah it makes sense to me uh, but yeah they just uh, Carr didn't look up for it he made a couple of bonehead plays which isn't like him no frankly um yeah, receivers didn't look like they were going up and competing as much as they were previously. Mm-mm. Khalil Mack had himself a game, and, and you know he's he's absolutely the leader of that team. But not many other people stepped up, unfortunately. No, there weren't many positives in the no in the silver and black. No, uh, but it's a good win for the the Redskins. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why I agreed with you for picking the Raiders and why most people pick the Raiders is not that we don't think the Redskins can win a game, but they're just so unpredictable. Yeah, you can get this team, but you can also get. A bonehead team that just makes loads of interceptions and costly penalties as well. Yeah, and just loses a game. So yeah, no, that, I agree. As a result, you can't back them week no, to week. I really like Jay Gruden as a coach because he's he's made do with what players he's had. Yeah. Um. You know, I know they made some investments wide receiver that one season when they picked up Pierre Garcon and um, uh, Jackson as well. Yes. Um. You know, but they've lost the likes of Arakpo. He came in with RG3, who's meant to be the franchise quarterback, and, and wasn't. No. He's now got a third-round pick from Michigan and Kirk Cousins, who's, <laughs> who's turned into what looks like the new new age Brett Favre. Well, um, just slinging the ball about, and it's um, he. I, I, I'm actually really, really impressed with Jay Gruden as a coach, and I'm I'm surprised that more. I know he's not on the free market, but people keep talking about trading for Sean Payton. And why a young emerging coach like Gruden's been sort of overlooked by the likes of the Cowboys, etc. So it's um, mm. it's interesting. I just think they play really. They always turn up. It's rare you'll see the Redskins get absolutely destroyed, and you then turn around and say, "Do you know what they didn't fancy it?" Whereas this looked like a Raiders team that didn't fancy this game. Yeah, the mentality's changed a little bit from the old Albert Hainsworth days, isn't it? You know, yeah. they, they do have a lot, a bit more respect around mm. the league. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just a slow movement up. Yeah. And he's, um, I think he's instilled culturally. I think that they've, um, he's shown, he's proved to the players that he's he's willing to, despite his owner telling him he wants to play RG three, he's, he's willing to back his own guys. So everyone wants to play for him and be, yeah, 
associated with Gruden, so they're going to get picked. So it's good. I think that's actually really helped them, their team. Let's crack on, King. We've got mm-hmm. one uh, one game, and then we've got to move on because uh, Monday night. And the Dallas Cowboys erased last week's ugly loss to the Broncos with Dak Prescott leading the way in the 28-17 to victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. The Cardinals now 1-2 and two in their home opener got a big game from Fitzgerald who caught 13 passes for 149 yards. In the process, moving ahead of Marvin Harrison into 8th in career receiving yards. Mm-hmm. The 13 receptions tied a career high. Um, great game from Fitz. He was the one standout really as far as I could see for the, for the Cards. Yeah, one thing they've massively it is so noticeable, mainly because he's so disruptive for the Jags. Is the loss of Claire's Campbell is huge for their defense. Yeah, he was a monster in London for mm-hmm. the Jags, and mm-hmm. you look at this kind of game, especially against someone where Ezekiel Elliott stepped up again this this week and showed us what we expected to see last week. Yep, um, wasn't a huge rushing game, but eighty yards, long of thirty, with a you know. With a touchdown, that's the kind of performance we expected to see as a minimum from that's, Franklin. That's a benchmark, yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Um, but yeah, they just got torched by everyone. Butler had a good game. Williams had a good game. And uh, and Prescott looked back to his old self. They didn't yeah. put too much pressure on him because they established the run early doors. Um, 13 of 18, 183 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty decent stat, stat line and, and sort of similar to where he was last he year. He looks so poised. And that's why when you asked me last week about Prescott, I was mm. like, well... He's a very accurate quarterback, and mm. so it's just you're going to have bad games. Yeah, no, I agree. I but agree. he's mostly going to have very good games. Yeah. So, and uh, we've got to mention Cowboys' fourth year defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence. He accounted for three of the six sacks on Palmer through the game. Yeah, and that was that was uh, a massive thing for the Cowboys. They've struggled the last few years with having a lack of pass rush, mm-hmm. uh, and Lawrence just looked unblockable today. Um, and you don't sort of think of Cowboys and think of pass rush certainly since they lost to Marcus Ware um, but he uh, he was brilliant absolutely brilliant and six hmm. sacks if you put six sacks on a quarterback especially an aging quarterback it's yeah. really difficult for them to sort oh of get, rusty yeah yeah. T- tell me about it <laughs> for now it's a good game for the Cowboys nice bounce back and, and the Cardinals just a few too many Sitting mistakes duck. unfortunately yep Despite the fact that Fitzgerald is trying his best, oh, Fitz is just he's been doing this for years. That's what we always say. Fitz first ballot trying his Hall best from a team that's can't can't get him over the line. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer, absolute legend. Yep, and that's it. So sixteen games, King. There we go. Of which you selected seven correct picks. Yeah, it was. You know, I blame that on the Steelers. <laughs> I'd have gone five hundred. Oh, it was a massacre. Have been the Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's take a quick break and come back for your picks for this weekend's games. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. This was the week three recap show, and we've recapped all the shows now, King. We have. So it's time, as every week, to get your King's picks. Yeah, week. I'll rattle through them because I've been waffling today. Sorry about that. All right. Week four. Starts with the Thursday night game. And it's an NFC North rivalry. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay. I just don't think Chicago's a very good team. I think most good teams are made. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't help yourself. God damn it. Right. Sunday. Yep. London. Yep. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins. Saints, I think. Really? Yeah, I think they're... Um, the. Dolphins cornerbacks were getting torched this week and I think that they'll get torched against 
Dolphins have played more times than the Saints over here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the Saints had one of the best games, I think, ever um, in London against the Chargers. Third? Oh, yes, that was a big game. Yeah, um, but I think that the uh, I think the Saints are, are too potent offensively and the, the Dolphins won't be able to keep up with them. Dolphins skinned the Raiders here a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, so New Orleans. Moving on. Buffalo are heading to Atlanta. Yes. Atlanta. Okay. Sure, you just you said earlier that Buffalo are having a sneakily good start of the season. There they are. I just think that, you know, there was a few picks and stuff this week from, from the Falcons, but I think... What, three interceptions for Matt Ryan? Yeah, but as you said, you defended him, which isn't like you, <laughs> so they weren't all his fault. I, I, I was just, being contrarian right now, because you just... You seem to throw out the Falcons every week. As, I do. As I think they're one of the most well-rounded teams in in the league. They've got a good run game. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Receivers. It doesn't, but I think they are going to. Okay. Then you've got Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not to wind you up. I yeah, just think the Ravens not. are going to win at home. Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. You moved on so quickly. Well, what else am I supposed to say about that? I'm not going to argue with it. You know, no, no, it's very... It's your opinion. I'm very humble of you. Um, what was the game this one? Cincinnati Bengals yep. at the Cleveland Browns. Both 0-3. Bengals, I think, will win. Okay. I'm calling a big game for Joe Mixon as well. Oh. They're finally starting to give him some, some looks now that Bill Lazor's making the plays. Yeah, they have. LA Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. They're stopping those those points, are they? I think so. I think the combination of um, of Brown and um, Sean Lee as well at linebacker is going to make a big difference. Okay. So, yeah, I think they're going to win. Plus, they'll get some partial rush and they'll fluster Jared, Cook. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. AFC South matchup. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Ooh. I think that the <laughs> this is so oh. tough. This is so tough. I do you know. What? I'm I'm sticking with my main man Wyatt, so I'm going with uh, the Titans. He, okay. sh- he showed us some love, so I'm going to give him potential potential Jim win Wyatt for the win. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings, NFC North. Oh, rivalry. Lions Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to win. Okay. I just think they've they they've shown me some things this week, and I think the old gunslinger Keenan's going to show up again. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> He's not being holstered this week. Yeah. Carolina Panthers at the New England Patriots. <laughs> Patriots. Patriots. What a shocker! Yep. What a shocker indeed. How about this one then? Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. Jaguars. Jaguars? Mm-hmm. At New York Jets. Jags. What was that? Was that Jets? No. Jags. <laughs> Jags. Yeah, I think that they're um they're starting to hit the ground. I think they've worked out what they need to do offensively with Bortles. Um see Fournette's Limit a beast him. running running the ball in there. Their defence is stacked now with the new additions this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Jags. NFC West. Mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers. Yep. At Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals. Oh, San Fran won this last year with Kaepernick throwing it. Yeah, I think that the Cardinals are going to win this game. 
off the back of a disappointing game this week, I think that they're going to get a, an earful from Young Aryans, and he's going to they're going to Young Aryans. Mm. <laughs> no, well, it's very kind of you. To say yeah. He's young. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to what? I don't know. Uh, all right, it's the Cardinals. Tom Coughlin compared to Tom Coughlin. Yeah, Tom- <laughs> Most trees are young compared to Tom <laughs> Coughlin. So let's go Philadelphia Eagles at your LA Chargers. Eagles. <laughs> oh, are you sure? Are yeah, you I'm really sure. sure. I'm sure the Eagles are going to beat us. Okay. New York Giants. Yep. Need a win. They They're do. going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are going to step back up this week and beat the Giants okay. a bad performance this week from the Bucks. Oof. see a bad performance from the, the Giants but I just think yeah. the, the Bucks have got more talent okay mm-hmm. three games left yep Oakland mm-hmm. at Denver Oakland NFC West Denfer. Denver sorry AFC West <laughs> it's a tough one I think that Oakland's going to win Ooh. back in Oakland Despite what they just did, yeah, because they're going to need to step back up and division games. So does Denver. They just lost to the Bills. They can't afford to. They need to have a better divisional rate record than the Chiefs if they're going to win the division. So they're going to put a heavy onus on beating the Denver Broncos this week. Okay, in Denver. In Denver. All right, Sunday night. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. At the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. I'm very confident there about that. Yeah. I am because it's in Seattle yeah <laughs> I don't know okay I don't know Seattle is so bad offensively right now okay so. do you want to make a pound bet well sure, I'll put the pound on if Doug Baldwin doesn't play how about that oh my god <laughs> but already, it's a pound bet jeez I need the money okay <laughs> Monday night mm-hmm. okay it's the Washington Redskins at the Kansas City Chiefs You've just been praising those Redskins. Oh, have I ever? Have I ever? At che- the Chiefs? Chiefs are going to win. White hot Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs are going to win. They're annoyingly white hot again, <laughs> aren't they? Because I hate that phrase, and you've now got an excuse to use it again. Um, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Mm. Their defence looked fantastic this week. And the offence, you know, it can't be stopped. It can't, but their run game can't be, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the Chiefs going to win. Well, there you go. There you go. We've done it. We've only 16 games it. for this week mm-hmm. done done us so that's it we're not going to keep you any longer guys if you like the podcast and you're not subscribing please subscribe mm-hmm. um, make sure you're yeah telling all your friends about it and um, leaving five star reviews on whatever place you find your podcast at um, get on us uh, on twitter at Jim and the King go to jimandtheking.com to check out all of our stuff there as well um, but that's it thanks very much King no problem until next week I've been Jim that's been the King and thank you so much for listening (laughs) 